0: This Torah class is brought to you by com.
1: Welcome, everyone, to yet another edition of our Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. We have a very special guest this week. We have our very dear friend, Rabbi Zechariah Warstein Shlita, a man that needs no introduction, Baruch Hashem. The rabbi has been by Chazak <laughs> for many, many years. I think since the inception, more or less, and Baruch Hashem uh, that has been at the big Chazak events and the programs, and the, everyone knows that Rabbi Warstein is the founder of Ornava, which is a huge women's Torah center, and many other great uh, programs, and, and a world renowned lecturer and an author. Rabbi Warstein, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. Amazing.
0: Baruch Hashem. Amazing. Baruch Hashem. Very glad to be able to be here tonight. Almost Pesach. That's amazing, amazing, right. very exciting, very exciting. Thank you for your time. We you know how busy Rebbe
1: is, and we heard that uh, Rebbe Baruch Hashem just had a shalema. You just got COVID. I got it in the beginning in March. Everyone, uh, my chaveh, you know, everyone got it in the beginning. You just had it and Baruch Hashem recovered. Uh, how are you feeling, and and what do we learn from
0: uh, from COVID, Rabbi? No, I, had, I had temperature for almost two weeks. Wow, um, <laughs> not very, very high, not 104, only about 101. Um, and uh, it threw my whole system so off. No strength, you know, sweating at night, like really bad, um, just, just no appetite. And, and it was only a, a little teeny bit of temperature. And, and, and I, I, I thank Hashem now all the time that I'm 98.6, not, not any higher and I learned a very big lesson that, that your temperature could be a little bit off in your, your whole system. So now it's interesting. I say ashi Everyone thinks that ashi is only for going to the bathroom, right? You come out of the bathroom and make ashi But if you, if, you, if you listen to what you're saying in ashi you know, it, it's not only going to the bathroom, it's any, you know, people had blood clots from COVID and, and, and they passed away from the blood clots. And that's, you know, that's a pipe being blocked, it's not going in the bathroom pipe, so I started thinking about you know um, and the whole and And the interesting is, it's bracha to Hashem rofei If you're not sick, what does that mean? Hashem heals everybody, but if I'm not sick, He's not healing me. So what does that bracha mean? Most people go to the bathroom, they come out, they're healthy. What it means is rofei your body, there's so many things that can be going wrong all the time that God has to keep healing it. I was oh, like, yeah, I, I didn't get COVID till I was supposed to go for my vaccination, and then I got COVID. But <laughs> um, just to drop off a, a little cell that you can't see, it's not the the Russian, you know, uh, nuclear bombs coming to, to attack America. It's this little teeny... So very much... Um, very thankful to Hashem. I am very makvid, and everyone should take this up, that every morning before I leave shul, I stand by the aron Kodesh and I say, I want to thank Hashem that I could smell, that I could taste, that I could hear, that I could see, and that I could feel. All five senses. Thank so you, Hashem. I, thank, right, you. Thank, thank you, Hashem. Exactly. <laughs> so when I got COVID, the first two days, I couldn't smell, and I couldn't taste, and I really panicked. I went downstairs, I tried to summon, nothing. I went upstairs, I took rubbing alcohol. Rubbing alcohol, smelled the bottle, nothing. Nothing, wow. I was like, oh, yeah. my wife made me tease, nothing. I said, hold on, Hashem. I thank you every day for being able to smell and taste. Come on, give me a break. And two days after I got COVID, I got it all back. So I was like, thank you, Hashem. And I'm thanking you, Hashem, but I, th- I thank you before COVID. So yeah, we have to thank a chef every day. That even more so now. That are all five senses work because I know people that have it a year ago and they still can't taste and they can't smell and everything tastes like cardboard. Coffee tastes like nothing. I can't even imagine that. So yeah, I think what you learn from this whole thing is really more appreciation, but for things that you might you didn't you you thought was so natural that you just didn't appreciate. So yeah, I'm very happy my my fever broke. And the minute my fever broke, I'm um, getting a little nervous after two weeks of fever. The doctor was getting nervous, too. When my fever broke, I was like, thank you, Hashem, that I'm 98.6. I never said that in my life. Thank you, Hashem, that I'm 98.6. I'm like, thank you, Hashem, I'm 98.6. Not lower, not higher.
1: Hashem, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. It's definitely a very, very big lesson. We have to appreciate what we have, and unfortunately, people only realize and appreciate what they have once they lose it. So let's appreciate everything that we have, the health and the happiness and the family and everything, all the goods that we have. So we're right before Pesach. It's the pre-Pesach Tommy Tuesday Torah talk. And uh, the simple question is, Rabbi, what's your favorite part of Pesach? What's your favorite part of Passover, Rabbi?
0: My favorite part of Pesach is the Seder. The definitely, Seder, okay. Yeah, what? Definitely, what? definitely not cleaning the cars. That's not my favorite part of Seder. <laughs> I, I like to shop. I'm a big shopper. Really? Yeah, oh. I've, always, I've always been a big shopper. Um, my When I was 16 years old, I wanted to get a license. I lived in Muncie and sort of made a deal with my parents that if they let me get a license, I'll do all the shopper shopping. That was already at 16. So I started shopping when I was 16. And uh, my mother didn't need me to shop, but I loved it. And I'm now much older than that. Um, and my wife doesn't need me to shop, but every single Friday. I spend my whole Friday shopping because I go to one store for this, one for that. And one of my favorite stores is the flower store. Um, I buy the flowers for the house. Wow. I also buy buy the flowers actually for my high school, BCA. So when we opened 12 years ago, the girls were not keeping shoppers. They were very disconnected. Also, they did not have relationships with their parents at all. Um, And I wanted to give them some type of Friday. I knew they weren't keeping shoppers some type of you know, feeling for Shabbos. My father, Oliver Shalom, my whole life, since I remember, always brought home flowers for Shabbos. It's very in today. 60 years ago, it was not in. People didn't do it. But he always came home with two brachas, two flowers that had a, a rose, which is a, a bere um b'shamin, because it has thorns and it has a heart. And then he would buy a flower that smelled that was bere isse so we always made two brachas, and he always brought this. We always brought it home. So it was just something that you know what your father does, you do. And I uh, and he bought the flowers. So I go every Friday to buy the flowers for my school. And every girl, every girl in my high school, it's now twelve years. I don't miss. Wow. Gets, gets a single wrapped rose. One week it's purple. One week it's white. One week it's red, yellow. Um, and I give them this rose, and I'm like, "Take it home to your mother for Shabbos." So at the same time, we make a relationship with Shabbos, we make a relationship with the parents, and I also buy a nine by thirteen pan of cholent. You never believe it; they wipe it out, girls. They wipe out that. Children. So when I go to Wait, your favorite part is shopping or the seder, Rabbi team? No, so I'm getting to the seder. So, <laughs> so there's two things: it's it's the shopping and and buying, you know, for Pesach and being part of it. And when I uh, buy the onions and the potatoes and everything else, I say I am buying this for the pesach for the seder. I went and bought matzah for the seder because it says if you say that, then the food has a special neshama, special cover Chavis Right. So this is the kavod chavos, the kavod pesach. Um, so that's part of it. But the seder itself, to sit there with my children and my grandchildren. Um, from the day I got married till the day my father passed away, um, which was about, I would say 40 years that he, you know, that he made always the Seder, the Seder. I always went to him. I wouldn't, I didn't go to I, my deal was I go to him, my in-laws, I went the other young television, but the Seder had to be by my father. Um, it was till three, four o'clock in the morning. Wow. We, yeah, we, we never rushed it. We never got finished before three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, Dvar Torahs, everything, and the beauty of sitting around, looking at your family, and talking about your Mitzrayim. Um, Not only about ETS Mitzrayim, but your Mitzrayim, your addiction, the stuff that you couldn't get out of, the stuff that you changed. Um, You know, the the Jews, when they left Mitzrayim, they had this slavery type of attitude. They wanted to keep going back. And like, what am I a slave to? Am I a slave to my music? Am I a slave to my movies? Am I a slave to... What am I a slave to? How did I break out? Do I miss it? Do I want to go back? And everybody would talk about, you know, their challenges that year. Amazing, amazing. So for me, the Seder um, is very, 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 very special and very appreciative to be able to sit at a table and listen to my grandchildren and my children, you know, say, Tyra. And I say, Tyra, it's the Seder, even by the irreligious and the non-religious at all, reform even, there's two things, Yom Kippur that they try to keep the way they keep and um, they won't even, they won't eat and, and the Seder, the Seder is always in the irreligious, there was a movie called The Ten Commandments um, that they watch on the Seder night I try to tell the kids I was teaching like no, Moses did not look like Charlton Heston um, and the mountain didn't look like that and Cleopatra definitely had nothing to do with it um, so I try to talk them out of it but but they, they want to have some kind of connection to, you know, to a Seder so to me it's it's just an amazing time for family. It's family, and I love it. I love it. I look forward to it big time.
1: It's amazing. That's great to always be together with family. And unfortunately, the guy only have once a year. Thanksgiving. Chazeh Hashem Baruch Hashem. Thank God, us Yiddin Jews, we have Shabbos every single week, and so many holidays in Yom Baruch Hashem. Rabbi, just last year during the Pesach where we were all in lockdown, quarantine. And we weren't able to go to other people's houses. Baruch Hashem, this year we're quote unquote a little bit more free, freedom. Uh, what lessons could we learn from last year compared to this year, which is a little bit again, it's not fully where we could go uh, to. The, a lot of Pesach programs are closed this year. Uh, anything we could learn from? Uh, a lot of Pesach programs are also
0: open this year. Oh yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah, there there are. I was told there are there are a hundred thousand Jews going to. Orlando, wow. into all those homes, 100,000 Jews. But not were, to a program, to the homes. To these homes. But, but in these homes, they're, they're private chefs, and they're bringing food. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's amazing. It's is amazing. Ornava doing the program this year? I know you guys uh, do My program is with my family this year, um, which I really appreciate because when Ornava did the program, I really didn't get to the Seder until 2 o'clock because I went to every single Seder in the program and brought the kids frogs, and puppets and Muppets and so Baruch Hashem I could do that with my kids this year. I'm really looking forward. really, really, really looking for it. Uh, I think that it's very interesting because last year was lockdown. Yeah, in was also locked down. On the night of Pesach, you were not allowed to go outside. You had to stay inside with the door closed and have a, you know the blood on the inside of the door to remember the, you know the current Pesach. But the real Pesach. Total lockdown. Interesting. Total lockdown. So we would like to have a Pesach this year in Eretz Yisrael with the Koran Pesach with no lockdown whatsoever. But we do have to appreciate that, that, that yeah, that we're that's, not totally locked down. And, and thank Hashem. Like, you're right. We took for granted, you know, until last year. Well, anybody can come. Whoever wants to come can come. And also last year, like, and, and you know, we lost a lot of people this year. A lot of good people, a lot of tzaddikim, and, 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 you know, you're sitting at your seder, and they're not. They're in Shemayim. Uh-huh. I don't know if they have a seder in Shemayim, I'm not sure, but they're not getting the mitzvah of leaning and, and drinking four kosos and eating matzah, and you have a chance to do that this year. You've got to thank Hashem that, that, Baruch Hashem, you have a chance to sit at your seder. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's exciting, and it's amazing. Baruch Hashem. And I'm looking forward to it. We're all
1: looking forward, it. And it's Hashem. We should be. Uh, we should see the geula as well, Rabbi. Any memorable pesach that come to mind? Something that stick, stuck out? That sticks out uh, with the pesach saders? Maybe something in your programs? Uh, that... I'd like to tell you a story.
0: Nothing to do with my program. Let me tell you a story. My father Seder, Probably, <sighs> I'm sixty three. So we're going back. Oh wow, Rabbi's that young? Hashem. We're going back. Every 40 years. Wow. Okay, we're going back 40 years. So I lived in Muncie. This is very important for everyone. So um, my father always wanted to do something special for Pesach. We had blue old carpet in the house. He decided for that Pesach that my parents went out and they bought this white, gorgeous white wall to wall carpet and he made sure that it was installed. Okay, we had a family over for the first Seder night, we had a family over. Um, they were like, just Balchuvas. and I was teaching the son a little bit about Torah, whatever it was, and we were, my father loved to have people over. and We invited them over for the Seder, they never saw. Him. My father's Seder went to four o'clock, and, 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 and it was just a gorgeous table, whatever, it was amazing. Your father right? and rabbi like you, rabbi? Nope, businessman, regular businessman. So, this is a true story, we're sitting at the table, And the kid, the the young 13-year-old kid that I was teaching by accident knocked over his glass of wine. On the white carpet. On the the white carpet. carpet. But I'm not talking about a little glass. I'm talking about a cup of wine all over the white carpet. I see. My mother was going to freak out. I mean, you're talking about wine stain on a white carpet. And my father says, Not a problem. Ten minutes later, the L.E.R. Navi cup, which is five times the size. My father leans over to get a Haggadah and he knocks, I mean, and that whole cup spills on the floor. So he tells Av- his name was Avrami. He says, Avrami, you see, if you wouldn't have done it I, did it, I would have done it. So it doesn't make a difference. When we clean my stain, we'll clean your stain. And he made them feel like nothing happens. He purposely. Knocked it over. Purposely. Yeah.
1: Wow, what a lesson. In the
0: middle of the table. It wasn't what near a him.
1: Lesson.
0: So that was, to me, chinuch. He wasn't a rabbi. He wasn't a rabbi. But the chinuch I saw there, and these people were so nervous because of the white carpet, the new carpet, the wall seat, whatever it is. And my father said to, him, said to the kid, he said, okay, if you would not have done it, I would have to clean the, have the guy come anyway. So clean yours, you clean mine. And we had mm-hmm. them to Saddam for for many years after that. Yeah, so he wasn't a rabbi, but he was my rebbe. Amazing, amazing,
1: amazing. lesson, right. unreal. So I don't
0: have anything. I don't have anything on a Pesach program that even comes close to that.
1: <laughs> sure. I, I remember Rabbi Rabbi Morrison. You you recently brought Hashem. You, you gave an in person cheer in uh, in uh, by Chazaka, and and you said something very interesting over about how every single person should set up the, the, the Pesach table. Can you just
0: uh, reiterate that point? I remember that was very powerful. It says in the Kabbalah that you should not have a non-Jew set your table because Hashem's coming to the Seder. So The table should be set by a Jew, by a young girl, a whole thing. But when I went to my Pesach program, the waitresses were Spanish, whatever. they weren't, We didn't hire Jewish waitresses. I came to the table and I'm like, I'm the one who taught this. Like, uh-oh, the whole <laughs> table is set. So we took all the dishes off. And all the glasses off. Put it on a chair. Straighten out the thing, and then reset the table.
1: Amazing. Oh so, yeah,
0: we used to do. We used to do that. I mean, we had some amazing. I also had a very it, program that nobody had. And, oh, this is an interesting thing that I, everyone. This is uh, something you should hear. Listen to this. This is amazing. Hashem sending me this message. You have to hear this. My father had a minig minhog to make the the marar. so. You have romaine lettuce, but we eat the white horseradish. You have, right. So you can buy it. You can buy it ready-made. In those days, you really couldn't buy it ready-made. But now you can buy it ready I want to tell you, there's a store in Borough Park that sells ready-made. You ready, everybody? Salt water! <laughs> it's 99 cents. I saw it today. A jar says salt water, 99 cents. People are so lazy, they can't even take water and put salt in it. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's ready. ready. Everything's pre-made, everything's pre-made. Anyway, so my father's mini, maybe it was a yankish, I don't know where it came from, is that we made the murrah, we grinded the murrah with our own hands, with one of those metal grinders, very hard to do, right before the seder, so the white horse would be so hot. So feel fresh, it. It would be so hot, you'd feel it. So when we used to sit there as kids, and this is beautiful, as we used to... Grind it, it goes into your nose, and it makes you cry. It, you can't even control it. It makes you cry. And it was like a whole game. We put, we put like, washcloth on our face. It was like, oh, I got some ice. Up. And I don't have a Seder. My grandchildren, my children, everybody has to take a turn and grind. Everybody. The littlest kid, everybody. Why? My father used to say that when you do this and you're crying, say a prayer to God. And the prayer to God is, if I have to cry this year, tears of pain, these should be the only tears I cry. Wow. Every single Pesach, Seder night, I said that prayer. And my grandchildren and my children, we make it. And the little kids are like, ah! I'm like, say, Hashem, if I have to cry and tears this year, this should be the only time I cry. So whoever's, listening, whoever's
1: listening, do it. Do it. 100%. That's amazing, Rabbi. Unbelievable. I never heard of that. And uh, so many lessons we're learning from this uh, Torah talk, Rabbi. Unbelievable. Let's end off with one final message, Rabbi Warkson, you can give to our audience, whether it's a story, whether it's ins- inspirational insight, something about Pesach for us to take home. There's so many gems that we've already uh, heard. One final one, Rabbi. Okay,
0: so this one. Um, is an extremely important message for everyone. Especially after a year like this. So this is the, the Jewish law and the code of law and the Shulchan Aruch says, the charoses, charoses, that's how you say it? How do you Ar- spell it? Yeah. Right. Is made from apples um, and red sweet red wine. I think Friday we use dates, maybe. We use um, cinnamon, apple, wine. Sweet wine. Now, what is carosis in memory of? It's in memory of the bricks. Right? It's the, made like a brick. Sometimes it tastes like a brick, but it's made like a brick. I don't know if you get that tells a thing that comes in a box. They collect tzedakah. It's a brick. It tastes like a brick. But anyway, so they used to take, when you when the Jews didn't have enough bricks, they used to take, if they didn't fill up the the math that they needed to do, they took a Jewish baby and they stuck him in the wall instead of the brick. And the baby would die in the wall and then the Jews would have to cement it. We can't even imagine. The Nazis didn't even do that. It's like, it's like you can't even imagine taking a baby and making them into a brick, we, we should never know. Beyond anything you can understand. Ask the rabbis, if it's in memory of such a terrible thing, why is it sweet? It should be made with Vinegar. And the, and the Shulchan Aruch says it should be made with sweet wine, red wine, to remind you of the blood of the children. That's why red wine, the Shulchan says. So that should be sweet. It should be the most bitter thing in the world. And you take your Marar, which is bitter, which is in memory of getting whipped and beaten, and you dip it into the charosis to make it sweet. The charosis is worse than the Marar. That was okay. We were slaves. There were other people in America that were slaves. It's bad, don't get me wrong, but, but you're dipping it into baby's blood to make the morrow better? It makes the morrow worse. Here's the message, everyone. Listen carefully. So the answer is a, med- a medrash, a fascinating medrash. When the mitzvim came, when the Jews were caught and they were going to Kriyas Yamsev, and the Mitzrim were behind them, so the, the angels of the Mitzrim said, they did avoid the Zerah, the Jews did avoid the Zerah. Why are they any better than the other ones? And the angels of the Jews said, well, they used to take kids and throw Jewish kids into the, into the stuff." And therefore, when the Jews went through and the Egyptians were in it, they said, now you have to do Mida K'negen Midah. I don't know how you say that in English, but Midah K'negen Midah, they drowned, they drowned Jewish kids. God, now you have to drown them. Right? You, get, you get what you did. So listen to this. The angels of the mitzvah—they're angels. They know how to learn. Said that the law is that if a king, there, there are three things you're not allowed to do. You have to. You have to. If someone says kill someone, you're not allowed to kill them. If someone says bow down to Avodah Zarah, to you're not allowed to commit adultery. You can't do them. But the Shulchan Aruch says if you do them, let's say they put a gun to your head and say kill you, kill this kid, and you kill them, you're not Chayav <laughs> Misa because you're an ones, you were forced. So you should have given up your life, but if you don't, you don't get punished. So the midstream said to Hashem, you can't punish the Egyptians. The the king told them to throw the children into the Nile. If you don't listen to the king, it's death. So they were forced, the ones to kill the kids. And therefore, according to your Jewish law, they're pottering. You can't So therefore, you cannot kill the Egyptians. And God turned to the Malach, Michael, and said, they're right. What do you have to say? So the Medrash says, he ran, he flew down to Mitzrayim, took a baby out of the wall, a dead baby out of the wall, and came back to Shemayim and threw the body of the baby at God's feet. And God said, what is this? And Michael said, the Egyptians put these babies in the wall, but Paro, if you look in the Torah, Paro never told them to do that. Paro said, throw the kids in the water, but he never told them if there's not enough bricks, put kids in the wall. That was the mitzvah. which shot him. So Hashem said, and what do you have to answer for that? To the And the mitzvah had no answer. So he said, Kulan. Finish them now. And that's when all the water killed them. So, even though it was terrible that these children were in the wall, because of the children in the wall, the Egyptians were wiped out. What do we learn from this? That sometimes things that look very bad is really very good for you. So take the monarch which is bitter, your life that you're going through, whatever you're going through, which is bitter, and dip it in the haroses and learn from the haroses that even though it was very bad, it was very sweet because it saved the Jews. And therefore, your bitterness will become sweeter. And therefore, take your mara and dip it in the haroses and understand that what looks bad to you is really good and that will help you get through your mara. I call
1: it about everything for the best.
0: Oh, that's, wow. That's the lesson.
1: Unbelievable lesson. Even though there's so much craziness and so much problems and so much bad going on in the world, it's we have four, to look.
0: It's for our good. A man came to me this morning. I'll end with this. A man came just so you don't, people really, don't, he said there was a leaf on a tree. And the leaf was watching all the leaves in the fall. All the leaves were flying on the floor, flying, going up, flying down. And it was, like, very jealous. I'm stuck to this tree. I can't do nothing. I can't roll. I can't fly in the wind. And he was so upset, and he was crying to Hashem, I'm stuck on this tree, and everybody's partying, and all the other leaves are flying. Oh, I can't take it. And then, at the end of the fall, before the winter, the leaf dis- dis- disconnects from the tree, and it's like, ah. Oh. I'm floating, I'm partying, I'm dead. Because I'm disconnected from my life source. So, everybody, to those who hold on to the tree, you're alive. Ah. Don't look at everything that's going on in the world movies, the parties, the guy, yeah, everyone's partying and dancing and da-da-da, everyone's having a good time, and you're like, I don't want to go to yeshiva, I don't (laughs) want to be tied down, go to shul, I want to go to public school, I want to smoke up, I want to party, I want to be all over the place. Yeah, but as long as you're connected to the tree, as long as you're connected to Chazak, as long as you're connected to Torah, you're alive. Ah.
1: Rabbi, true freedom. Torah, it's Chaimi. Ah, beautiful, Rabbi.
0: What is is freedom, Rabbi? Freedom in America, everyone thinks freedom is... Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Yes, 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 yes. What's the one word a slave can never say? No. When you tell a slave, pick that up. Yes, sir. Clean that up. Yes, sir. If he says no, he's dead. So what's freedom? Freedom is the ability to say no. Uh, A slave slave always says yes. Freedom is the ability to say no. That's a person who's free. No, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not following this. No, I can say no. That's freedom. So when you sit, when you sit by the Seder, everybody, and you're talking about your your Yetius Smitriyam, pick something in your life that is an addiction or something that you just always say yes to, which is not good for you, and be able to say no so that next year, you could say, last year I was in Ebed, we say in the Haggadah, the Shana Abba B'nei free. I said no. Wow. Free.
1: Rabbi Wallerstein. Thank you. Freedom and true freedom. Unbelievable. Yeshaka Hazaku Baruch for the inspiration. Powerful, powerful words. As usual, we want to thank you, Rabbi, for all that you do for Chaliz and so for the Jewish people. You should have a chag kasher v'sameach. Continue to have tzlacha. Refu ashtimah completed hundred percent recovery, amen. and we should be zocher. We should merit seeing each other in eretz yisrael with the geulah shemah with the complete redemption. Spilling their days. Amen, amen. Thank you very much, everyone. Happy uh, Pesach, everybody. happy Pesach, everyone. Happy Pesach, sweet Pesach.